One time. 
me pray this morning, Lord, today we want to just turn everything back to praise to you, great God. You are so worthy. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness as we look back over 29 years, over this last 12 months even, Lord, so much blessing that you have poured out. So faithful, Lord. In the midst of the many challenges and trials of the journey of life, Lord, you're always good. You're always faithful. Thank you for the way that you're moving in new ways, in fresh ways, Lord. And we are faith-filled for the future. But today we want to stop and we're going to say thank you, Lord. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for all you've done for us. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, can we give Jesus one more cheer this morning on our anniversary Sunday? Fantastic. Welcome. Um, turn to those around you before you sit down and give each other a COVID safe welcome. Hopefully you all found your seats all right this morning. Give each other, a, say happy anniversary to one another. Good job. Well, great, welcome each other. Make sure you stay around afterwards. We've got morning tea out there afterwards. Grab a coffee. Jumping castles for the kids. The kids are staying in with us today for our services. You're staying in as part of our anniversary celebration. And we actually have a little special part right now for the kids. So we are going to go to the screens. Check this out. We had a bit of a chat to the kids just last week. Let's check this out together. We are so blessed to have so many ministries. So we thought what we'd do is we would put the kids to the test and ask them what they thought different ministries were and what they did. So we did that and I'm very excited for you to hear their responses. Let's watch it now. Okay, Haven, what do you think Switch is? Switch is high skill. Power. They turn the power on. They switch the power on. Do um, like really fun activities and stuff. Test out TVs. Um, they make switches. They make switches. What type of switches? Switches that can make things work. Oh, okay. So it's Switch Ministry. They make um, switches that make things work. Yeah. Here's the switch that I got from the oh. Switch Ministry. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So you got <laughs> you got this switch. Just joking. <laughs> You're just joking, but you did have a switch in your bag. Yeah. That is amazing. From okay. my ceiling fan. From do your parents know that you have that switch? Yes. What do you think the high schoolers do there? They learn. They learn. What do you think they learn about? God and how to spell. What do you think they do at Inspire? Inspire people? Stuff that's really boring. Scary videos of Hot Wheels? There's a, there's a lot of old people that go to Inspire. What do you think old people might do together? Play with friends. They help people that are scared and shy to make new people. What do you think they do at the Soul Op Shop? They get some toys. How much do you think a toy would cost from the Soul Op Shop? A thousand. A thousand dollars. So each toy costs a thousand dollars at the Soul Op Shop. Whoa, do you think you could buy one of them? No. What do you think Street Light Ministry is? I don't really know, but maybe it's like somewhere where they like pray in the streets for people. 
like the homeless. Okay. Tell them how to use light feeding. Telling the cars when to go and stop. Take people to hospital. Getting people food. What do you think they do at bridge care? Bridge care. Well, they would um, I think make bridges, but maybe not. Thinking of bridge kids, maybe like a bridge kids, but for like adults. Like where it looks after like everyone at the church. Oh, bridges break off into bridges. Is it like bridge kids? Bridge kids they look after people that um, might need help. They take care of kids. They look after kids who go to bridge. Like deliver people like food and water. You do a buzz. Well, we learn about the Bible and do activities about it. They take care of children like the parents or adults are having some. Do you like Buzz? Yes. Really? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Do you like Buzz? Yeah. Do you think it could be a bit better? Yeah. Very good. The kids did an amazing job and the really cool thing to think, I've been thinking about this even this week as we're doing that, but even for me to think about the, the kids that I went through Buzz with and Switch, now we are the leaders at Buzz and Switch. And it's actually quite a weird thing to think about, but as I was really watching that video, it's such a reminder that the kids at Buzz at the moment are gonna be the leaders at Switch and Buzz in the future. And they've got a lot to learn about some of those other ministries. <laughs> but maybe we should change our names, I'm not sure. But either way, I had a lot of fun asking them. But I just thought as a church, it's so important, like we say this, but it's such a reality that that is the next generation that is gonna be leading the body, the, the body of believers. So I thought in your hearts, why don't you pray with me now as I surrender this next generation to God. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank You for all the children at this church. I want to thank You for the youth at this church. I want to thank You for all the age groups. And I want to thank You, God, that they are going to be leading us, leading us in the faith, Lord, pointing us towards You. And I thank You for them, Lord. I pray that they would keep their eyes focused on You, Jesus. Thank You that You love us so much and thank You that we can know You at all ages. In Your holy and Your precious Name, Amen. The kids now are gonna lead us in worship. We're gonna sing a song, Real Love, and it's talking about God's real love for us. But what I need you to do, I need you to jump up on your feet because they're gonna dance and I wanna see you guys dancing too. So let's do it.
thank the kids as well. Father, we thank you so much just for uh, this anniversary Sunday as we celebrate, bring glory and praise to you, great God. You're an amazing God. Thank you for all that you've done over these many years and what a privilege and honour to serve and to worship you, great King. Uh, We love you so much, great God. You're amazing. We worship you this morning in Jesus' mighty and precious Name. Amen. Amen. Hey, very good to have you here. Why don't we thank the kids as they uh, head off. free to grab a seat. Just a few things to mention to you. A big welcome to you this morning as well to our morning uh, service. Um, Oh, sorry, I'm just trying to get a bit organised here. Okay, here we go. So, um, yeah, like I said, uh, it's awesome. Our 29th anniversary and uh, we're just thanking and praising God for all that He's done. Um, It's awesome as well. We've been able to open up a little bit further this week with our numbering system. So hopefully you're able to navigate that okay uh, this week. Um, but we're so excited to have you here and it's so awesome to have you online uh, as well this morning. So from wherever you're tuning in, it's just great to have you here uh, with us. Uh, Now, next week uh, is exciting. We've got Father's Day next Sunday. And again, we're just gonna celebrate and uh, thank our dads. And as part of that as well, there'll be different elements in the service, um, but after the service as well, there'll be some different games and uh, things that'll be set up. It's almost like some of those Eka games. There'll be some of that... um, 
strength hammer hitting game and there'll be some ping pong tables out, there'll be air hockey tables out. And so after service, feel free to hang out and, uh, and uh, catch up together. And you're so welcome to invite uh, as many, uh, whoever you want out to that service, but it should be a fantastic uh, morning next Sunday morning. Now, as well as that as well, women, you don't miss out either because we have our Wonder Women's Conference uh, that is coming up 11th of September, so 2 till 7 p.m. And um, you can start registering for that one as well. Now, as part of that, running alongside of that is our Girls uh, Wonder Conference as well, which is, uh, I think, a brilliant idea. That's for our high school uh, girls. Uh, That'll be happening on the same afternoon. But I think we do have a video uh, that I'd love to go to now, which will just give you a little bit more information around that women's conference, yeah. Awaken, dear sister. Awake your soul. Awake your spirit. Do you hear him? He's calling us in the wind. He's calling us between the dance of morning sunlight and the mid-twilight dusk. Sweet sister, arise. The flowers bloom, giving way to sweet, honey-scented aroma. Beloved, beautiful one, come find your heart in him. Come dance with us and find true joy here. Sweet sister, do not fear, oh he says. Arise, my darling, my beautiful one. Come with me. Okay, so as I mentioned, you can start to register uh, for that one. September the 11th should be a a great afternoon uh, together. Um, Now, the other thing to mention to you as well, Inspire Service is on this Wednesday. So Inspire's been off for a little while with all the different uh, COVID lockdowns and things like that, but it's uh, starting again this Wednesday, which will be awesome. So 9.30 here in A1. Uh, If you normally come to Inspire, you're so welcome to come out. Even if you haven't been before, you're so welcome to come out uh, to that service. And then just a couple of other things to mention to you as well. In your newsletter, there's some details around our gala concert, uh, which is happening Saturday, the 18th of September. And uh, it should be an awesome night. These nights are really amazing, actually. But um, it's going to be, they're going to be celebrating the last 10 years of some of the different Bridgie concerts and uh, music events. And it should be a really awesome night. So uh, $20, I think, per person. But as I said, there'll be some more details in your newsletter about that one. Now, today we're taking up a special offering uh, as part of our anniversary service. Our heart is for people, our heart is for our city and to see the kingdom continue to move forward. Uh, Again, I think we've got a short video here just explaining that a little bit further. So we'll go to that and then we'll pray together. Let's check out the screens now. Giving thanks is an act of worship. It's the natural reflex from the heart of Christ, from the heart of sons and daughters in response to the goodness of their Father. And as a community today, we are looking back over the last year and giving thanks for some of the things that God has done amongst us, both corporately, but also in our lives as families and individuals. One of the regions in which God has called us to shine light as a church is here in Brisbane City. And uh, as we sought him, he's led us to this particular premises on 81 Elizabeth Street to be a base uh, for us to shine like collectively into our city. And as Jesus is being proclaimed in this place, men and women are being reconciled to the living God. So one of the ways that we wanted to open up for you to be able to give thanks today on this 
our anniversary Sunday is to make a financial contribution to the ownership of this venue. You know, I truly believe it is an honour uh, that God has in this particular moment entrusted to us as a church the stewardship of this venue. And we want to do so for the glory of His name in the city. And I want to joyfully invite you into being a part of that, uh, into sharing that responsibility that God has placed on us as a church. And so you can head to our website to find out all the information or you can look in the newsletter as well if you need other details on how to give. But our prayer is that the name of Jesus would be made famous in our city, in our state and in our nation. Amen. Very true. That is our heart. Uh, I, I'm absolutely convinced. I've been going into a lot of these schools lately and giving out these Kit Kat packs that we put together in our schools. In our, um, uh, we did 100 into the uh, mental health workers as well recently. But I, I'm just absolutely convinced that this is the greatest message. We have a message of hope to tell the world. And, uh, and so I do believe, I believe this 100%. We need to get this message out there. We need to make Christ famous in our city, in our nation. Uh, because He truly is the way, the truth and the life. I absolutely am convinced of that. So if you wanna give this morning, you can do that uh, after the service as well. Actually, there's some electronic giving stations up the back if you wanna do that, or uh, you can give electronically from home or wherever, uh, follow the prompts uh, via our um, internet, via our uh, website. But uh, we today, today we're celebrating and we're thanking God and uh, we've got baptisms all day, which is so exciting. And so I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna go to um, our baptisms this morning, which is really awesome as, uh, as they share about what God's done in and through their life. But let's pray together now. Father, we, uh, we thank You so much for who You are and we're convinced, we're absolutely convinced that there is hope in You that You truly are uh, the greatest Father that anybody could ever encounter. And in a, in a world at the moment that is, seems to be riddled by fear and confusion and uh, a, a state of hopelessness at times, uh, thank You that there is hope in You, that You are a God that we can turn to and find peace and hope, great God. And what an extraordinary thing. And uh, Father, uh, for some of us here this morning, we understand that and know that, but I thank You that it's not just for some, it's for every single person, that You long to be in relationship with every single person, great God, and, uh, and we thank You. And we thank You that You made a way. And so God, we thank You now as well as we hear stories of what You've done in and through people's lives, uh, what You've done personally in and through their lives, and we celebrate now uh, these extraordinary stories, Your story of what You've done. So we thank You, great God, we worship and honour You and we pray these things in Jesus' Name, Amen, Amen. Hey, why don't we welcome, yeah, why don't we welcome uh, our... Well, good morning, church. It's so good to celebrate our 29th anniversary uh, this morning. And this is a great reminder, having baptisms today is a great reminder that God is always about people. He's always loving people, always reaching out to people, always transforming people's lives. It's not about a building, it's not about activities, it's about people. And uh, in a big church like that, this too, it's, it's good to remember, it's about the ones. It's about the one individual um, person that God's touching. And today we're hearing some stories. Um, I want to introduce you to Ron and Di Clancy, and, and later their daughter Alicia will be baptised. Uh, I want to also welcome those that have come to support them. 
Um, their daughter Jane is here. Um, they also have friends and family watching online. Could we give a massive uh, Bridgman welcome to all those that are coming to support them today? And Rod, we'd be really blessed if you would share with us uh, a story of you and Di and uh, what Jesus has done in your lives. Uh, good morning. Um, myself, my wife Diane, and our daughter Alicia wish to be baptised this morning. And I will give a testimony for myself and Diane, and our daughter Alicia will then share her own testimony. Uh, my name is Ron Clancy. I was born in Inverell in northern New South Wales. Uh, my wife Diane was born in the Crown Street Hospital in Sydney. Uh, Diane asked me to present this testimony on behalf of both of us. Uh, we met in 1972 and married in 1974. We moved from Sydney to Inverell in 1977 and lived there for 30 years. We have four children, um, our third child, Alicia, being with us here this morning. Uh, both Diane and I were raised in a Catholic church. Um, while the church believed in the Bible, that the deity of Christ, the crucifixion, the resurrection, there were also many things we weren't taught or didn't understand. I believe that I could only get to heaven by my efforts, by my good works, by confession of sin, by attending mass, by conforming to the practices of the church. Uh, Diane and I were good people. We were trying to do sufficient good works. We were religious. We attended church most Sundays. We sent our children to the Catholic school we both volunteered for the school PNF, but we felt there should have been more to church. There was a lot of ceremony and rituals, but not as much gospel as we would have liked. Diane said she felt a bit empty, and I thought there should have been more to our faith. While we were in that situation, our two youngest girls, Alicia and Karen, gave Diane a laminated poster called Footprints. It tells how during times of trial and suffering, the Lord carries you. Diane said this was a turning point for her. She had previously seen the text of this poster somewhere before, but when she received it from the girls, she read it, then reread it, and said she realized God had been in her life so many times before. Diane said, at that particular time, I was at crossroads in my faith, and this poster from the girls set me back on the right path. Uh, around this time, Diane bought me a new King James Bible, which I began reading as, as best I could. I read Daniel, uh, only because our son's name was Daniel. <laughs> and, and this was a little hard to understand. Uh, I read the Gospel of John, which was much better. I decided that I should go to Bible study. I asked the priest if there was Bible study classes, but he said no. I asked the religious teacher at the, at the school, why did Jesus come? But he, he could not tell me. He just gave me some prayer books. So I stayed uninformed until I was made redundant from Australia Post and we moved to Brisbane. I got a job with Brisbane City Council to drive council buses on the north side, on the north side of Brisbane. And this is where I met my very good friend, John Ross, who was also a bus driver. Uh, John told me he attended Bridgman Baptist Church 
where Jesus Christ is preached and the Bible is the final authority. We worked the late shift and often we had coffee after work to talk about what the Bible said. He pointed out that salvation is not by, by works, but by grace and through faith in Christ. I read Ephesians 2, uh, verses 8 to 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and yet not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. This was news to me. I read more in Romans chapter 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And, and this morning we do confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. Uh, John explained if we trusted Jesus Christ to save us, we would be considered in Christ. And referred us to Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And this goes on to confirm this is for those who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. This was the revelation for me. I was compelled to tell others. I told Diane and our grown children. I actually wrote a clear presentation of what Jesus had done in a, docu in a document and sent it to my family and friends. I wanted them all to know the good news that I now knew. I wanted to know more. I read a book written by a Baptist pastor in Newcastle, which helped me correct misconceptions that I had previously believed and the true Bible reading to be followed. This lifted a burden from us. Uh, John Ross, our friend, suggested that Diane and I attend services at Bridgman, which we did. Our son Daniel and his family also attended. Our daughter Alicia joined us more recently. And as a result, we have all completed the offer course and John came along to support us. Daniel and his wife, my son Daniel and his wife have previously been baptised here at Bridgman. And another light bulb moment was when Diane and I were in the Kurong Christian bookshop and I noticed a key ring with a picture of three crosses on it. The wording beneath said it all. It read, crown of thorns on his head, cross of wood on his back, you on his mind. I bought six of those key rings they didn't have any left after that. <laughs> uh, also, while reading Matthew 26 and John 18, I realised that Jesus knew all, of, all that would happen to him on the Good Friday. And he could have stopped these events at any time. When he was arrested on the Thursday night in the Garden of Gethsemane, Simon Peter sprang to the defence of Jesus and cut off the right ear of the servant of the high priest. Jesus said to Simon Peter, put your sword in its place. Do you not know I can pray to my father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled? Therefore, any time on that Friday, Jesus could have called down 72,000 angels to rescue him. He could have saved himself, but he didn't. He chose to go to the cross. and save us instead. Um, <clears throat> so Jesus is a hero. 
Now, our family knows why Jesus came. He came to preach to us the word of God. Then he died on the cross to pay the price to God for our sins. We are now in Christ and we trust Christ to lead us into heaven. Then we wish to be baptised in his name. Uh, thank you for listening to our testimony. Well done, uh, Ron. Thank you for sharing that story. And for those that are new to baptism and wondering what happens here, really it is uh, a visual representation of what of Jesus' work, what he's done in Ron and Di's heart as, as they put faith in him. I was reading just yesterday in the book of Micah, it says... Uh, Jesus trampled over our sin. He threw them into the depths of the ocean. Our sin is gone. There's no, no, no amount of good works or anything we can ever do with it will do that. But Jesus can and Jesus did. And he took our sin, thrown away to the depths of the ocean, trampled under his feet. And that's what Di and Ron have realised and found that they are cleansed, that they now have the righteousness of Christ. They are right with God now and into eternity, not because of anything they've done, because of what Jesus has done. This is a representation of them being washed, also dying to their old life and being raised up to a new life in Jesus Christ. And we praise God for what He's done in His life. Just before I baptise them, I just want to share one of, one of the most powerful moments I've had in a connect group, actually, was Ron was there. We shared about who Jesus was and what He had done. And at the end, I said, has anyone got anything else to say about Jesus or what God's saying? He said, Stop, just still. And he said, he didn't have to do it. Just a recognition that Jesus has done it for each one of us personally. It was a, a powerful moment. And I thank you, Ron, for that. I'd just like to pray for you. And Joe's gonna pray for die before we baptise these guys. Jesus, there you were hanging on that cross, dying an excruciating death. And as Ron said, at any moment you could you could have called down angels, you could have stepped off that cross, but you didn't because of Ron and Di, myself, Jody, Alicia, anyone, Lord, here listening to my voice, you died for us. As we put our faith in you, Lord, we can have forgiveness of sin and new life in you, not because of what we can ever do. And Lord, we just wanna say we love you, we thank you. And Lord Jesus, I wanna thank you so much for Ron. I wanna pray, Lord God, that you would fill him with your Holy Spirit this day. Lord, take hold of his gifts, take hold of his mind, take hold of all of his relationships, Lord. Help him to continue to share the, the word of Jesus, the, the name of Jesus, the work of Jesus with all those he comes in contact with. And I pray many more will come to know Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing in and through him and his family's life. Bless each one of them, fill them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And Jesus, we do, our hearts are full of thanks. We thank you. We, we wanna declare our love for you in this pool today. And I thank you for this beautiful awakening that you've called both Ron and Diane to, that you've spoken, God, that they've heard. And in this moment of responding to you, I pray for your Holy Spirit to come over Diane's life, that you'd fill her again and again and again, God, with that incredible knowledge of your truth, God, that just permeates into every part of her life, God. May she love like you love. May she see like you see, God. 
May she be surrendered to your plans and purposes over her life, God. And we just thank you for this moment of declaring that you are Lord and Saviour for her. We praise you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Ron and I, do you confess Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour? Yes, yes, I do. I do. Well, it's our privilege now, Jody and I, our privilege to baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Wait, there's more. <laughs> Would you now welcome Alicia as she comes to share her story as well. As Alicia comes, John, Ron briefly mentioned it, but when he came to know Jesus and understood what the Bible taught about Jesus, he wrote this seven-page document. He's given me one to pass on to all of his friends. He said, this, good, this news is too good to not tell, and I need you to know it. Uh, before maybe you face attorney, I need you to know this good news. And many people in his family and friends have read that. And Alicia was one. She'll mention that in her story as well. Thanks, Alicia. Um, good morning, church. I'm Alicia, Ron and Diane's daughter. I too wish to be baptised. Um, I was born in Inverell, went to a Catholic school, and in adulthood, I turned away from religion. It didn't feel right and I had no drive or deeper or dig deeper for any connection. Um, I was married in Inverell and we had three children, Paige, Ruby and Kai. At the age of 25, um, my husband of the time and I packed up our life and headed for the beautiful Sunshine Coast. It was there my second child, Ruby, was diagnosed with stage four neuroblastoma. The cancer was very aggressive and, um, and terminal. She passed away at the age of two years old. A few years later, I had my son, Kai, my miracle preemie boy. Years went by, even though my parents wanted me to read this religious presentation, I had no drive or want to do so. In 2018, my marriage broke down and I became a single mum of two kids, Paige and Kai. It was um, three years ago now and um, since then my kids and I have moved to Brisbane to be closer to my family. Um, it wasn't until 18 months ago my father and I were cleaning up the kitchen and again he wanted to talk about his presentation. And for once, it was like a light switch. I suddenly wanted to hear all about Christ. I listened to him and I started attending services here at Bridgman Downs. And when I heard of the Alpha courses and Family Connect groups, I enrolled Kai and I and learnt more alongside this loving community. Now I reflect back uh, now and I can see God's grace. The way God was right there with me and I didn't even realise it at the time. My children needed me and I was able to function and focus on them. 
I now have faith in Christ and have accepted Christ as my Saviour. I love Him and want to follow Him and today want to be baptised. Thank you, Alicia. And I must mention Kai is here too. Great to have you, Kai, watching Mum being baptised here as well. Alicia, let me pray for you. Lord, we thank you for your dear love for all of us, actually, a deeper love than we can ever imagine, a deeper love that can, that can be experienced anywhere on earth, Lord, the love of God, an unconditional love. Who can fathom it, Lord? Higher, deeper, wider than we can ever imagine. Lord, and I wanna pray now that Alicia will be filled with your spirit, but also filled with the depths of this love, Lord God, that she will know that she is forever unconditionally loved by you. May that be deeply ingrained in her mind and her heart that she would be so secure in your love. Thank you that you're always with her. And I pray, Lord God, that you would guide her steps, that she would know every step you are with her, carrying her as that Footprints um, uh, poem says as well. Bless Kai, Lord, and Paige as well. We ask, God, that you would show yourself to them. Pour out your love into their lives. Guide their steps, we pray. And Father, would they know more and more of the, the love that you have, the fullness of what Jesus has done for them as well, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Alicia, do you confess Jesus to be your Lord and your Saviour? Well, it's on the profession of this faith that it's our privilege, Jody and I, to baptise you now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Church, why don't we stand our feet? We're going to celebrate and sing all that Jesus has done for us. Let's stand and sing.
true. We do. We sing of your goodness this morning. We're overwhelmed with gratitude and thanks and praise to you. And Lord, just now, as we briefly come around your word, we continue to open our hearts to you, Lord. We wanna just continue to acknowledge, Lord, that it's all about you, Lord Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Are you glad you came to church this morning? How good has it been this morning? They come together, see the baptisms, worship together. Um, You'll be glad to know I'm doing an anniversary special, short little mini message today, because really, Today, um, this is all about, we've, we've captured what this is all about through the baptisms. If you're wondering what we're all about as a church, I can tell you now um, that we're about two things. Firstly, we're all about Jesus because Jesus is amazing. Isn't he incredible, church? He is incredible. And we're all about him. And close behind this, we're all about people. And Andrew mentioned this in the pool as well. And we love nothing more than to see people encounter the life-transforming love and grace of Jesus. There's nothing greater than to witness that and to see that. And so really these baptisms today that we're celebrating right across our whole, all of our services this weekend capture what it is all about for us as a church. And on our 29th anniversary this morning, I want to share with you the truth that there is nothing of greater value and worth in this life than knowing and experiencing what it means to be in relationship with Jesus. There is nothing that even comes close in this life. The the value of knowing Jesus is so much greater than anything else. I read the story recently of a, a lady who lived in the southern English village of White Parish and she enjoyed horse riding and she would go out into her paddock um, and there was this stone in her paddock that she would use as a step to get up onto her horse to, to go riding. It was just, as it turned out, to be conveniently placed there. And for years, she would stand up on this stone in her paddock to get up onto her horse to go riding. 10 years, in fact, she would do this for. And then one day, as she was about to go horse riding, she noticed that there seemed to be an inscription on the side of this stone. And intrigued by this, she thought, well, maybe I'll get an, an archaeologist or someone who knows a bit, a bit about history to come and have a look at it. And sure enough, an archaeologist came and looked at it and uh, she saw what she thought was like a wreath in, engraved on the side of it. And he said, this stone isn't a stone at all. This is actually marble. It's a marble slab that's been engraved. It's from the second century AD, uh, from ancient Greece, Asia Minor. It's worth probably hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not priceless, this stone in her paddock. She couldn't believe it. For years, this stone had just been sitting in her paddock. She'd been using it to climb up onto her horse. And all the time, this, this, this stone of incredible worth was sitting in her paddock and she couldn't believe it. And Jesus says it can be like that with our relationship with Him. We can be like that on our spiritual journey or in our life journey. That, that Jesus says the, the, most, the, the, the thing of greatest value and worth for us in our life is to know Him and to experience Him. But often we, we miss that. We don't realise how incredibly valuable that is. Far greater than anything else in this life or in this world. And uh, Jesus explains it like this in Matthew 21. He says, talking about himself, he says, the stone the builders has, has rejected has now become the cornerstone. This chosen and precious cornerstone is how it's described in, in um, First Peter. And even as believers, we can forget this truth, can't we? We can, all the distractions and the things that pull for our attention and we can so easily put other things in that place, forgetting that there is nothing of greater value and worth in this life than to know Jesus and experience Him and and to have an intimate relationship with Him. 
We can so easily forget this with everything else crowds that out. And so this morning on our 29th anniversary, I wanna share with you a couple of verses of scripture from Philippians chapter three, verses seven to nine. This is the Apostle Paul explaining this same truth, that there is nothing of greater value in this world than knowing Jesus. He says this, Philippians three, verse seven, but whatever were gains for me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Paul begins here with this accounting imagery. Now I studied accounting, I'm married to an accountant. Um, when we were dating and we'd go out to have dinner with friends and it came time to split the bill, they would give us the calculator and have a bit of a laugh and said, you guys can look after that. Jesus loves accountants, I wanna tell you that very much so. But he even uses this imagery in the Bible, this accounting imagery. Paul is giving us this profit and loss of his, of his life. He's saying, I used to have all these things in my life that used to, I used to put in the, in the credit column, in the gain column. I had all these things that I used to have in there. And then I had some things that I used to have in the loss column in my life. He said, but then I encountered Jesus. I met Jesus and I suddenly, everything changed for me and I had to completely rewrite my, the P&L statement of my life. He said, everything that was once in the credit column, he says, now I've moved it all to the lost column because now there is just one thing in that prophet column and that is Jesus. Jesus is now everything for me. And he says, everything else I now consider as loss in comparison to this surpassing greatness of, of knowing Jesus, having a relationship with Him, experiencing the freedom and the peace and the grace we've heard about through the testimonies this morning that is found in Jesus. Paul discovered this as well. And he said, there is nothing greater. In Matthew 13, Jesus tells the story of the field with this hidden treasure in it. And he says these words. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that's hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he sold everything he had to buy that field. Now, if you've discovered a, a piece of land with a gold seam in it worth millions of dollars, you would do the same thing. You would sell everything you had to secure that block of land because you know that you'd be so much better off with that block of land with the, the gold seam in it. <clears throat> You know that, and so it would be a no-brainer. Of course you'd sell everything to grab that land because you'd be so much richer. And Jesus is saying that He is like that hidden treasure in the field. He is worth so much more than anything else in this life. And of course you would sell everything you had to, to take hold of this incredible treasure that is found in Jesus. And then... To, to really make the point here of what he's saying. Paul then moves on from this accounting imagery and he uses instead the imagery of, of garbage is what he uses. He says this, he says, I consider all the things I used to put my trust in, all the things I used to hold up as being so important to me. He says, you know what? I now consider them garbage is the term that he uses. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. And so I actually brought a wheelie bin with me today because we all know that wheelie bins are where the garbage belongs, isn't it? That's where the garbage goes. You put your rubbish in the wheelie bin, you put it out, the truck takes it away. 
And as, uh, as I was thinking about this picture here, Paul actually, a little earlier on in this section of, of the Bible, actually explains or gives us his resume, the resume of his life. And I wanna tell you, Paul had this incredibly impressive resume. He was a high achiever. He was this, this incredibly talented, gifted guy who had done so much in his life. And he gives us a bit of his resume, not to boast, but to help us to explain the change and the transformation that has taken place in his life. And in his resume earlier on, he talked about his religious devotion. Paul was incredibly devoted, dedicated to his religion, incredibly. And he says, you know what? I used to have that in the credit column in my life. He says, now I realise that compared to knowing Jesus, he said, that's, that's now rubbish, he says, compared to what it was to know, now to know Jesus. He also talks in his resume earlier on about his education, his intellect. Paul was an incredibly intelligent man. He had studied at the top schools of his day, brilliant mind. And he says, you know what? I used to put that up there in the credit column. I used to rely on this. I used to trust on this. People used to look to me because of this. He goes, now I've met Jesus. You know what? He says, I consider that rubbish. And it's not to say that education is not important. It's not to say there's nothing wrong with a, a, a mind that God has blessed us with. But he's saying in comparison now, in comparison to knowing Jesus, you know what? That's just gone right down the scale. He says in his resume too, he talks a whole heap about his family heritage. He came from this very impressive family line. And he said, you know what? I used to, used to count on that and I used to tell people about that and it used to be a big deal for me. He says, but then I met Jesus. He says, instead of depending and relying on that family heritage, he says, now I realise that that doesn't mean anything in comparison now to knowing Jesus. And he even goes on to talk about his, his impressive career and his achievements. He was a Pharisee, he was right at the top and everyone looked to him. If they wanted advice, they would have talked to him. And he, again, just, just was very impressive in how he achieved things in his life. And again, Paul says, you know what though, compared to knowing Jesus, he says, I count them, literally the words he uses, I count them as garbage now compared to knowing Jesus. Because when I met Jesus, I found forgiveness. I, I, I've discovered peace in my heart that I never found when I was pursuing those things. I discovered what it meant to have an assurance of, of, of being born again, eternal life in Him, and it transformed everything for me. And you know, we could come up with a whole list of other things for ourselves that we tend to put our hope and our trust in. I just wrote a few on a piece of paper. Relationships often become the thing that we're putting our hope in. If I can just get that relationship, then I'll be happy. If I can get that relationship fixed, then I'll be happy and sorted. Or money, if I can just get a bit more in the bank balance or in the superannuation fund, then I'll be content. Or our possessions, if I can just get hold of that house or that whatever it is that we're looking for, our health. These things can become the things that we begin to look to to fulfill the deepest need of our heart. We put our hope and our trust in. And Paul would say to us, you know what? When you come to know Jesus, in comparison, all these things, again, not, nothing particularly wrong with these things in themselves, but he says, but in comparison to Christ, he said, nothing, nothing compared to knowing Jesus. And then Paul goes on and finishes this passage by saying these words, explaining why this is now rubbish compared to Jesus. He says, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but now I have that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Paul is saying that I used to rely on all these things. I actually used to rely on these things, he said, to, to, make, to, to get me in good with God, to, to make me acceptable to God. 
I used to think that I had to have all these things sorted out in my life, but I now realise that being made right with God is not about me. It's not about my efforts. It's not about my achievements and my success. It's got nothing to do with that. But in fact, he realises that even his best deeds, even his righteous deeds. He knows the Bible well in the passage in Isaiah 64 verse six, which says that even our righteous acts are like filthy rags that just, you know, you just would chuck in the bin. Even our most righteous acts, because God is a holy God. He is perfect in every way. And Paul is saying, now I realise that, that salvation, my, my acceptance with God, being made right with God cannot be achieved. I have to receive it. And I receive it by receiving the giver, by receiving Jesus himself. He says, I'm now trusting in Jesus and Jesus alone, everything else. He goes, I don't even even wanna look at that anymore. I'm trusting in Jesus because of all he's done for us. He lived the perfect life we could never live. He died the death that we deserve so that we could have eternal life in him. And it is all about Jesus is what Paul is saying. And I wanna tell you that on our 29th anniversary as a church, God is saying to us again, reminding us again, don't forget that it is all about Jesus. It's all about Him and it's all about people encountering the life-transforming message of the gospel, the life-transforming power, the love of Jesus, forgiveness, grace that is found in Him. Completely transforms lives as we've heard today. And we heard that so clearly this morning in Ron and Di and Alicia's stories. They couldn't have put it more clearly. In fact, this message that Paul is declaring that is a righteousness that comes through faith, not through works, as Ron was reminding us this morning. This is the good news. And so this morning as we close, I'm gonna pray in a moment. And as we do that, we're actually gonna have the bins are gonna be just down the front here of the auditorium. And down the front, I've just got some pieces of paper here. And it's an opportunity for us this morning uh, on this anniversary service to reaffirm, to say, Jesus, we want you to know that it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. You are amazing. You are the hope of the world. It's always and only about you. And our desire to see more and more people encounter this. And so this morning down the front here, you can come and as a representation of the fact that you just wanna reaffirm in your own life because I know what it's like. There's so many other things that can tend to crowd in. Maybe this morning you're going, you know what? I realise that something else has begun to consume my attention and my focus and my time. Something else I begin to put my trust and my hope in. And even as believers, this can just sneak in. And this morning we have an opportunity to come and just to take that piece of paper to, to scrunch it up and put it in the bin and say, God, whatever else I've, I've been putting my trust in. There are other things that I look to in my life. I just wanna say again afresh, I wanna affirm again afresh, Jesus, it's all about you. Everything else compared to you is just rubbish compared, it's garbage compared to knowing you. I am all about you, Jesus. And you can affirm that this morning. Just come, grab one of these pieces of paper. In your mind, there might be something you wanna, you know, if you had a pen, you would have written something on there, something in particular for you. Well, you can do that. It's between you and God. You don't have to write with a pen. You can just grab that. And it represents that thing that you know you've been putting your trust in, the thing that's been consuming you. Whatever it is this morning, just lay it down afresh and say, Jesus, I'm laying it down afresh. I'm saying again this morning, it's all about you, Jesus. You are the one I'm putting my hope and my trust in. So let me pray as we come to do that now. Lord, we thank you that you, Lord, have come, that you have brought life, Lord, that you have stepped into this world, died on that cross for us, rose again so that we might have eternal life. And now, Lord, we just wanna affirm again as your people, Lord Jesus, that it's all about you. There is nothing of greater value in this life than 
pursuing you, Lord. We wanna know you deeper. We want more of you, Lord. Everything else, Lord, is just counterfeit really in this life, Lord. Everything else doesn't even come close to the blessing of knowing you. And so, Lord, we respond now in these moments. Just wanna affirm this afresh this morning that this is what we wanna be all about as a church, is what we wanna be about individually. And so we just wanna affirm this now as we respond. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together as we sing this song. You feel free as the band are leading. It's just to come, just in response this morning, say, Jesus, I want you number one in my life. I'm affirming that it's all about you, Jesus. And so let's do that this morning. You can come grab a paper, put that in the bins as we respond and give thanks to Him.
Jesus, we just want to lift you high this morning. We declare as your people that it is all about you, Jesus. Always, only, ever about you, Lord Jesus. May you be lifted high. Less of us, more of you, we pray. And we pray, Lord, that we would see many, many more people, Lord, come to know the life-transforming power of your love and forgiveness and grace and peace. Lord, this is our prayer. And so, Lord, continue to move by your Holy Spirit, we pray. Use us as your people. Move across our community. Move across this city, this nation, our world, we pray. You are the hope of the world. And so we declare this this morning and affirm this in our hearts afresh. We pray all these things in Jesus' Name. Everyone said, Amen. Let's put our hands together and thank Jesus again one more time. You can be seated. If you'd like prayer this morning, some of our prayer to me down the front here, they'd love to pray for you. If you are new this morning or you want to link in, we have our Connections Lounge up in the back corner opening up right now. You can feel free to head straight there, stay for morning tea, coffee in the courtyard as well. God bless you. Look forward to sharing with you again soon.